when tragedy happens in my life, throughout my life, my instant reaction is, how do we flip it? How do we flip it? How do we make this positive? And I think being happy, I think that's about gratitude. Welcome back to another episode of Everyday Endorphins. I'm Stella. I'm the host of this podcast, which is a show that discusses mental health, happiness, and finding things in life that bring you joy. This week, I have a very special guest on the show, Isaac Boots, who is the founder of Torched and a celebrity fitness trainer. Little did I know how fascinating Isaac's story is. And this week, I had him on to the show to talk all about how he finds happiness in his life, how he overcame hardship growing up, and what brings him joy and endorphins. We also talk about the relationship between exercise and endorphins and his journey to creating Torch, building a massive fitness empire. And aside from exercise being a strong predictor to boosting your endorphins, other practices and activities that Isaac incorporates in his day-to-day life that are non-negotiables that really boost his own well-being and happiness. I feel like it's perfect timing to release this episode, given that yesterday was World Gratitude Day, and something that you heard at the beginning of this intro is Isaac sharing the importance of gratitude towards being happy. I'll let you all dive into his incredibly fascinating story. Isaac's energy is just so positive and uplifting, and his energy is just absolutely infectious. You can hear it shine through in this episode. So very excited for you all to give it a listen. Before we get into this episode, I have a brief message from my sponsor, Anchor. And make sure to like, rate, and review this podcast on whichever listening platform you prefer. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, Isaac. Thank you so much for coming on to Everyday Endorphins. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Let me just start off by saying how honored I am to be in the same like virtual room as you. I've been following your content for so long and as someone who is a fitness enthusiast, and obviously we know that exercise brings lots of endorphins, I'm just so thrilled to get to talk to you today. So thank you again for coming on to the show. That's so sweet. I love that. I love that. I, 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 love, I love meeting people who, who um, you know, get torched with, with me. So thank you. <laughs> and torched is also such a fun, catchy name. I'd love to talk a little bit more about how that all came together. And I know this is probably a very long story, but let's start off with developing torched. Like where did the name come from? How did that evolve? The name sort of, um, you know, I have a sardonic sort of tongue in cheek sense of humor and um, it was called something else that I'm not going to tell you what what it what it was. But um, the bigger it it got, um, it, it felt that it, it couldn't be so tongue in cheek. So, um, but I'm bummed. But um, it's a it's a it's a mixture of of torture and and fire. So the idea that you know 
whenever pe- people do it, the first thing they say is, oh my God, that was torture slash I felt like my my body was like like burning from the inside out. Like like I was creating it on my own. It wasn't just put on me just by being in a heated room or, you know, some sort of like artificial um stimulation. So I I liked the the idea of of um getting torched. I don't know. I, I, I liked how it looked. I liked how it sounded. And um, you know, I've I've worked, you know, in Hollywood and Broadway for nearly 22 years now. So um, I, I instantly thought of like the billboard and I was like, okay, the O, I want it to be a, be a flame. <laughs> like, it needs to look like this. So yeah. <laughs> I love that because you can think of it, I think in two ways. One, biologically, our bodies produce lactic acid when we're exercising or when you're doing really high intensity workouts. And so that feeling like, for example, I used to do crew in high school and my legs were always on fire. Like they were torched all the time. And so it was the, it was the lactic acid that was like burning in my body. So I was physically feeling torched, but then I also felt pretty snatched. So I was like, I feel like I'm on fire right now. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And look, the idea of you know, Torched ultimately was born on the Broadway stage. You know, I don't know if you know this, but I, I created it with no intention of it being this sort of like worldwide thing, which I'm very thankful for. Um, I created it for me. I was in West Side Story on Broadway, which is arguably the hardest dance show ever. Um, most challenging <clears throat> because it's, it's you know, it's, it's Jerome Robbins. You know, it's like, it's real ballet, real jazz technique. And very sort of like visceral and we're, we're like jumping off of walls and fight choreography and, and, and things like, like that. But, um, so I didn't have time to work out in a conventional sense of the word. I, I, I loved running in the park. I loved, you know, going to Equinox and, and all of, all of that, but I didn't have time. I was, I was dancing at the palace theater nearly 20 hours a day. Um, and so I, I was like, look, I have to create something where I feel like I'm warming my body up, where I'm staying snatched, um, where I'm, I'm, you know, chiseling, but still able to do this two and a half hour intense show. Um, whenever I've, for me as a dan- dancer, whenever I, um, I either lifted heavy weight or did other types of working out, which are amazing for for a lot of people. Um, I would either get hurt, or I, I or I would I wouldn't be able to do my show. You know, I, I was on Broadway for twelve years, so it was and I with no break. I went from went from show to show. It's not just exhausting; it's because I love it. Like I, I have energy, energy, but it's eight shows a week, so that means I got to be on, girl. Like. There's, there's no calling out. There's no, I'm tired. Um, so that's, that was, that was really the priority was looking a certain way and, um, being able to perform at an optimum level. And so, um, I created it for, for me and I would do it on the, on the palace theater stage before the show with my little boom box playing Madonna. This is pre MP3. So I had my like disc man. Okay. And um, slowly but surely, the rest of the cast started joining in before the the, the show. So I, I would have like the, the 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 jets and the sharks and Bernardo and Maria 
getting torched with, with me. And I was like calling out orders and people were screaming and laugh, laughing. And I think I got the bug then, you, you, you know. And then once West Side closed, I started choreographing for um, pop stars. Um, and I would start re rehearsal with Torch because to me, that was my war warm up. Slowly but surely, these people started firing their their trainers, and and then my days were were you know Gwyneth Paltrow, Vanessa Hudgens, Kelly Ripa, Faye Faye Dunaway, back to back to back to back to back, Priyanka Chopra, Lucy Liu, and so I was like, oh shit, oh well, here we here we go, and and this was like ten years ago, really, and so it's it sort of it it morphed in a really organic way, and um you know, Torch sort of grew in a word by mouth, word of mouth, um, real way in, in Hollywood, in New York, the Hamptons. Um, when I started working with Gwyneth, you know, she had me um, go to Austin, Texas for their first In Goop Health, which was right, it was 2019, so it was right before COVID. And, um, you know, I'd be flown out for Art Basel or Co Co Coachella. That's where I met Lisa Rinna and we like instantly fell, fell in love. Uh, Paris Fashion Week. And so I was always in it in a, in a very specific way, you know, and I was known in the circles, in these like rarefied circles. But once, once COVID happened, I, I started offering it on my Instagram live for free. Um, and my clients were on it along with a lot of, you know, along with, with people who are not in the industry at all. And it just kept growing every day. I had 80 people on the first live. The next day it was 500. The next day it was a thousand. The, the next it was 10, 10,000. And, you know, you would have Jessica Chastain, Christy Charlington, Naomi Watts, all, all my girls on. And to me, it wasn't like, Oh my God, you know, cause they're my, they're, I, I, that's what I work. That's my work. Um, uh, but then, you know, I think people who are not in the industry were on and they were like, they're like, what is happening? Like, who is, what? Like, is Keith Richards on? Like, what's, what's hap happening? Um, and I, so I felt like I, it was an opportunity as fun as it was fun, meaning, um, it was, you know, it, it was, it was an unprecedented time. And when tragedy happens in my, my life, throughout my life, my instant reaction is, how do we flip it? How do we flip it? How do we make this positive? And so it, people were urging me to charge, you know? I mean, you know, look, if everybody gave five, $5, that's, you know, that's every day you're going to make bank. I felt uncomfortable. I felt vulgar with what was going on in the world, with people lo losing jobs, with, with the uncertainty of, of it all with um, schools shutting down, with people getting getting sick. It felt gross to, to me to monopolize on that. However, I was like, okay, I'll do this every day for free. Every day. I'll do it anyway for, for me. Um, and instead of paying me, go to this link and let's – raise some money for No Kid Hungry, a charity that's that's always been really important to, to me. I, I like, you know, I think um, feeding a child is not a luxury. I don't see it as, it's, it's basic. 
Um, and I don't understand how it is a, a pandemic in our country. So I find that very odd. Um, and we ended up, my initial goal was $1,000. We raised over 10000 in the first half day. And um, we ended up raising over over a million dollars in six months. Um, and we can continue to, you know, and now, you know, I think I raised over 1.5 1, 1. for No Kid Hungry. And now I have a new new goal with World Childhood Fund Foundation um, to, to fight child sex exploitation. Now that the world is op open, that's another is issue that, that has, you know, tripled. And um, so that's the most important thing to me is is doing what I do, feeling productive with what I do but having a purpose behind it that is deeper, that is more important, you know? So, and then it's a perk that your ass looks so good. <laughs> exactly. I think that's incredible that there's this really strong social impact perspective that you're, you're, you're offering and something that you really value is especially like in COVID, I remember when everyone started offering workouts for free online and we were all forced to be indoors. And I think that it was such a beautiful way to create a lot of content that was accessible for people. And also in a time of stress and uncertainty and anxiety, when you get your body to be active and invite movement into your day, that can kind of help to combat some of the stressors that we're facing, especially in such a dark, scary, and stressful time. And you mentioned something a bit earlier about when tragedy strikes, you kind of want to flip that switch. And I know you have a really, really interesting life story. So can you talk a little bit more about you know, your experience growing up in Hawaii and kind of having a lot of struggles in your life and, and how that informed your perspective and your mindset and ultimately kind of, you know, how does that still carry through in your day-to-day -day life? You know, the ways that you overcame those struggles. I think it was Virginia Woolf who said that um, a day in someone's life is their entire life. And I, I always found that so profound. Um, and it's interesting to, to see, to look back on my life, to think of, of my childhood, which in many ways, it was quite Dickensian. You, you know, I grew up really poor. I grew up on food food stamps. Um, uh, my mother, my my parents were sixteen and eight, eighteen, maybe seventeen, eighteen, um, and you know, kind of dimly educated, um, and. I grew up in a really abusive home. I just did. And physically and mentally and emotionally. And um, it didn't break me. It made me really, there was, I, I, there were certain moments in my life. Like I remember being like seven years, years old. I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, but I was in a situation that a seven-year-old should not be. And I looked at, <laughs> I looked around and I was like, this ain't right. Like this this is not my life. And I told, I, I, two things. I, there was a part of me that I think looking back, um, my protection de device was escaping 
into um, fantasy. And that fantasy was Madonna. She really saved me in my childhood. I'm 42. So I was born in, in, in 80. So, you know, Madonna was MTV, you know, and as a little gay, gay boy in a very conservative community and very religious and very machismo. My father was a boxer. Like my grandpa was a boxer. I'm the third Isaac. Like it, I was the first kid. So like it was, there was a lot of pressure and I was like doing paddle turns to cherish on the, the beach. And that was not, <laughs> but I never, I could never hide who I was. I can, I, 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 I can never till this day, I cannot pretend to be someone else. And, and, and I've gotten in trouble throughout my life by like not by not trying to be someone else. I want to ask a question about that because I think a lot of people struggle with staying true to who they are. So how I do know. you? <laughs> you're lucky. You're so lucky. <laughs> how do you? You know why? How do you do I that? I just, um, I don't know. I really want to give you a great answer. I feel I was I I feel like I was born a little jaded. I was born a, l a l little bit like I'm a Scorpio, so I, I I like I was always like sort of like smoking a cigarette when I was like four. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like an, a level of sophistication. A little bit, you know. I mean, look, another layer is. Uh, thankfully, I uh, my my grandmother, my mother's mom, was like my was was a, I was very lucky to have her because she was a constant um, um, source of unconditional love and and laughter and wit and never made me feel like um, I had to be someone else. So it may have been a mixture, actually. It may have been because I had someone like my grandma to, to encourage me to be myself and, um, you know, some you know, looking at Madonna back in the, the day, who was who was really the only one who was vocal and supportive of of um, gays, you know, and said it, and even saying that word in in, in the eighties was was like a disease, literally, um, and um, mixed with the really tough aspects of of my mom. You know what I mean? So um, discipline mixed with love is such a good re recipe, right? I don't I think it's both. I think I just, maybe I know I'm, I, I am at my best when I'm me. And um, I feel, I've, I think I also felt, feel like pretending to be someone else is a lie. And I, absolutely loathe liars i really pet do. peeves I've, I've dated a lot of them <laughs> so now it's easy to sniff one out <laughs> well honey real quick i think that's really good advice a mixture of tough love but also recognizing that it's easier to just just stay true to who you are than put in all that effort all that work here's the thing if someone wants you to be someone who you are not they're not gonna like you anyway they don't like you then, period. So why try, I, I guess one tries to be someone else so that people like them. Is that a thing? Um, I, don't, I don't really care if you like me. I really don't. I don't because I, I just feel that there are, you know, 
there's someone for everyone and and people who are on my frequency are going to be attracted to me and people who aren't i don't want you around anyway rose i'm good you know what i mean like if we don't have the same values if we don't have have um i don't know if 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 you're just if you're a bigot if you're if you you know if you're an asshole you're I, I, it's it's fine <laughs> go away <laughs> It's okay. like the law of attraction. You know, the energy that you're putting out there is the energy that you're going to attract and bring into your life. So if you yes. kind of can yes. stay true to what you value in, what you believe in, who you believe you are, and kind yeah. of work towards that, you have to trust that the right people will kind of gravitate towards you. Yes. And another layer, another thing was – when I was seven and I had that realization, I got very clear. I wasn't just like, oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, my life is hard. Oh my God, this isn't right. No, I got very clear and looked at my life and said, okay, so I graduate high school in, <laughs> this is 1987. I graduated in 1998. It's actually not that long. So I would count down days and I'd be like, okay, the morning after high school graduation, I'm going to go to New York City. I had no idea what that even meant, but I saw Madonna in Desperately Seeking Susan. And and it just it looked like Oz. It was like, you know, Judy Garland in Wizard of Oz to, to me. I was like, I'm going to dance with Madonna and she's going to love me and my life is going to be amazing. <laughs> <New York. laughs> and I'm going to wear boots and I'm going to live in a cool apartment and blah, blah, blah. But I, but I did. I mean, it... I saved up money and the morning after high school graduation, I bought a one-way ticket, Continental, 8 a.m. from Honolulu to Newark. I had nowhere to live. I had like 35 bucks in my pocket and I lived illegally on my friend Matthew Tinker's dormitory floor. I think it was 7th and Avenue B. And... um. Every, the next, my first morning there, I, I auditioned every damn, damn day. I had no idea how to audition. I, I didn't realize you needed a headshot resume. When I found that out and found out like it was like $1,200 to, to get it done, I was like, well, that's not happening. So I would just like sneak into, but I, I was relentless. I would sneak into auditions. I, I would just like knock on casting director's doors and um, I would steal equity like I had to be you had to be union to get I even know what that that was and so but I never let anything stand in my my way and I knew I didn't suck so I was like well if I just I was I don't get all these rules like like if you're good you're good like what the fuck I know I'm better than him so just let me in the goddamn room and I think they got a kick out of me and so they they were like just let him stay and and I did it I mean you know I, I booked my 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 first show and and I was in, you know, Footloose and Greece and Mamma Mia at the Winter Garden, and and it just went from from there. And um, when I even went when I booked my first show, I never, I've never been one to rest on my laurels. You know, I knew that I had a lot of charisma. I knew I had a lot of grit. I knew I had I was a hard worker, but I also knew that I wasn't in ballet class and Juilliard like these other boys from when that they were two. I taught myself how to dance in my in my living room by watching like the Express Yourself video. 
So <laughs> truly, truly. So I was like, okay, you're in New York and you have like four hours in the day to like either take a nap or go to Ailey and go to steps and take some ballet classes and get your, get your technique up. And that's what I would do, you know? And so it, it, so that's another, right? Like turning, I wasn't like, oh, you guys are better than me because you guys were born rich. Boo-hoo. I was like, oh shit, get your acting together. Let's go. Like, and I think that's a part of my personality that, that will always be, be there. Um, I like being productive. I like having a goal. I like, um, I'm curious and I never think I'm good. Yeah, sure. I never think I'm good enough. And that may be Freudian, but I don't, I don't lack confidence, but I never think, I I don't, I never think I'm quite good enough. So would you say you're a a perfectionist in that sense? Um, I think that's, uh, I don't, I think that's a little simplistic. I think I'm, I'm not interested in perfection. I'm interested in being better. Like elevating yourself, continuously elevating. Continuously elevating, continuously learning, continuously, you know, maybe it is perfection. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I think that a lot of these terms more or less can mean the same thing, but they're expressed in different ways. So however it resonates to you and however it it works for you. But I think, you know, the comment that you made around that pivotal moment when you were seven and you decided, you made that decision for yourself, I'm not going to let this determine the outcome of my life. I'm not going to let this determine what happens next. A lot of people tend to adopt the victim mindset. Oh, woe is me. Oh, I pity myself. And it's when that type of mentality becomes persistent that's where it gets to be a pretty slippery slope because there's a difference between feeling the emotions that you're feeling, allowing yourself to like recognize how you're you're immediately feeling or what, what emotions are passing through your, your mind and your body versus being sucked into that and taking a very passive route. So I love that you had that ability within you. It wasn't external. It was within you to make that conscious decision to say, I'm going to choose a better life for myself. I know I have something to offer and I'm going to I'm going to achieve this. I grew up around a lot of victim mind mindset. I grew up a lot of hearing adults around around me saying, "Oh, but we can't afford this. Oh, but we can't this. Oh, but and the, it's such a pet peeve of mine. I actually don't allow my friends, my husband, anyone around around me to ever say, "But I can't." but we can't, it, they, that is not a thing. You know, you turn it, I've always turned it into aspirational language, you know, or, you know, I'm going to get, get that, you know, or, or this is going to be me. This is happening. I find it repulsive. I find words like that repulsive. And so it's always been natural for, for me to do the opposite. Um, of course, there are moments in my life where, you know, things have happened or I, I feel insecure or, you know, I'm hurt, but it's fleeting. And I like, I like snap. I'm like, I look in the mirror. And I'm like, pull it together, girl. You've been through worse. 
Well, that's a great, great point. It's fleeting. And I feel like we, yeah, we often feel emotions and we're so tied to them that we don't see them as fleeting. We see them as permanent. And that's where it gets to be really difficult. But it's a superpower to be able to say, you know, I recognize that I'm feeling this way, but it's not forever. Yeah. And it's that's everything that you just said. I didn't have to say it. You you already said it. I love no. That's I'm laughing just because it's it's true. It's very, <laughs> you know that 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 Peggy Lee song is that all there is? Um, if 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 you don't, you you need to download it immediately. I'll put it on my Spotify. Really special, and it's um, you know I I, I grew up I grew up watching like third 1930s and 1940s movies and listening to like Edith Piaf and Billie Holiday and Peggy Lee because of my grandma. So she was, she was a real, she wasn't conventionally educated. I don't even think she got past the seventh grade, but um, she was a well of, of knowledge of art and, and she loved music and film and um, she smoked brown cigarettes and she was so fabulous and I was obsessed. She played me this song and I was like six and it's Peggy Lee basically talks about different parts of different experiences in in her her life where there's there's tragedy a house burns down or a boy breaks her heart or she realizes that the circus is a is a a fraud or whatever and she thinks she's it's over or she thinks she's gonna die or she thinks it's like the worst thing in the world. And then she realizes it's really not that bad and life goes goes on and and nothing re- really matters ult- ultimately except, except being a good person and and having fun. You know, she's she's like, so have a have a drink and have a have a have a dance. You know what I mean? I think the ability to like have that sense of lightheartedness with yourself is so important, especially because we are our own worst critic and people yeah. who have similar values as yourself or or um, like personality traits, for example, who are always striving to achieve and be the best version of themselves. It's so easy to like really be hard on yourself, like you're not doing enough or, you know, you're not achieving enough. And so I think those are also pretty like that's also negative. I think a, a balance of it. Yeah. I think a balance of it is important. You know, I think I think having that discipline and having that grit and having that um, amb- ambition is just is essential to to make it in any any way. And make make it make it means everyone wants to be productive. Everyone wants to produce something that 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 is of importance, right? That helps someone else, that furthers society. Um, I, I just saw some, something on in, Instagram, um, a woman saying something like, um, a great society is when old men plant trees they know they'll never sit under the shade of. So doing something productive that is that is beneficial for someone else, for society, for your your kids, for their their friends. I don't I, I don't know. I think that everyone has to have that that sort of um, want, and um, I think balancing that out with compassion for your yourself, you know, um, joie de vivre, enjoying life, just just being happy as as 
cliche as it sounds, you know, and I think being happy, I think that's about gratitude, right? Being thankful. And finding those endorphins in life. Earlier, you were talking a little bit about still like the power of cognitive reframing. So instead of speaking negatively to yourself, you immediately shut that out and you try to turn it into something more positive. So I now also see why you're such an amazing fitness instructor because you need those words of encouragement when you're exercising. I remember when I was on a rowing team in high school and I was in so much physical discomfort from the rowing machine or the workouts on the water, it was like so hard to keep pushing. You had to believe that it was for like a greater purpose. And something that really helped me would be when like our coxswain had those specific calls on the water or coaches would continuously, well, I didn't love when I was being yelled at, but like when our coach were trying to encourage us. And I think that it's so important what you're doing. Sometimes we have to be yelled at. Well, yeah, that's true too. And I think maybe I definitely needed it. I didn't like it, but I guess I needed it. You know, it puts starch in your spine, (laughs) you know? know? (laughs) Exactly. And so, you know, as you've evolved into a celebrity fitness trainer and building this massive fitness and wellness empire, how has your personality and like the lessons you've learned growing up helped to inform how you deliver, you know, the work that you do, like the way that you coach your clients, the way that you train people? The most important thing to to me is connection. I want to connect with whomever I'm working with. And I think that was one of the reasons Torched on Instagram blew up was because while I was doing it, I was reading comments and 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 shouting pe- people out and actually shouting pe- pe- people out, like finding, at, literally like having conversations, like, where are you from? Like, what's g- going on? Like, you know, people in, in Kentucky and, 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 and Guatemala and Canada and Morocco, you know? And so, and then the same people came back. So you, you sort of, you know, you, they become a part of your day, daily life. If I'm training so- someone in, person I get to know them and so I train everyone differently you know and even even in live events you know when I'm teaching um whether it's Beverly Hills or the Hamptons or Tuscany depends who I'm with who I'm look looking at and who's who's there and I I do feel because I love connecting with people I can read pretty quickly um what the vibe is what they will, what they will uh, um, connect with, react to in a in a positive way. I think there is an art to that, but I think that has to do with experience. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, I mean, performing on Broadway for all those those years in a in a dirty theater because they may they may not tell you this, but those those broad Broadway theaters are like. <laughs> Haven't been clean since 1902. Okay, just as like asbestos everywhere. Um, I'm like, that's why everyone's sick. Um, but you sort of learn how to behave, how to connect, how to um, have a, a bit of a, how to make the show even even better, right? So there is there is there are little intricacies of of psychology, you know. So. I think that's something I've really worked on and learned. Yeah. As you were 
sharing that, something that came to mind for me around this point of connection is that when I was younger, I actually used to perform in the Metropolitan Opera. So I also have- What do you mean? I was in the children's chorus. So the Met has a children's chorus that you can be involved in and certain operas have- Uh, a children's part written in. So for example, La Boheme or Carmen. So I was performing at the age of like eight, nine, 10. I was, I was young. I started when I was six years old. Um, And I love that. So I think you, you and I can both relate to that feeling of being on stage, connecting with an audience, connecting with people that you're performing with and that really being such a special experience. But I think also kind of the lifeline and the connecting thread between what you do and also like your background and your experience. So the experience of performing and being on stage and creating that community directly influences how you've built this brand, how you've built this empire, how you train people, because especially when you're working one-on-one with your clients, it is personal training. You are working with a person along their fitness journey. So you need to have that skill to connect with them. And so something that I've also experienced is, yes, like being in the Metropolitan Opera was the, like the arts in, in a creative space. And rowing was wildly different because it was a sport. But when you're still in athletics and fitness, there's still that element of connection. And so I think that's a really unique perspective that you also are you're sharing right now um, that I hadn't previously thought about. So thank you for <laughs> broadening my perspective there. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you, you, you know, I think um, I think it all comes down to that to to the the desire to connect the desire to learn you know you learn from from everyone that that you um you come into con- contact with right ultimately or you or you learn what you don't want to want to be and that's a great lesson too equally as valuable you know? <laughs> yeah yeah so um I don't know I think that that's important. I'm I I love reading too. I like and reading things that have nothing quote unquote seemingly have nothing to do with my business or my art or my sort of like natural life. You know, just sort of um expanding my horizons that that way as as well. Yeah. You you, you know. And there's a ton of amazing yeah. books out there and articles so I feel like you could just it's an endless wealth of knowledge out there to access. I'm reading Joan Didion's um, The Year of Magic. Oh my God, so I literally have it in my room somewhere. That, Joan Didion is it? my favorite author. I've read a selection of her essays. One in particular that I love is Goodbye to All That. Have you have you read that one? It's about yeah. how, well, I, I grew up in New York. And so I think I first read this essay in high school, but it's basically about when she was living in New York, why she loved it, why everyone when they're young wants to be in New York, but then why it was necessary for her to leave and go back to California. And it really yeah. provided such a, a unique experience for me at the time on my perspective of being in New York. But she has, she's an incredible author and that's a great book. So good. So, so good. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm like a third in. It's amazing. We can do book club. We can chat about it yeah. when you're done. I just I just finished a farewell to arms too because we were in Italy and I felt like 
I, I, I hadn't read it since high, high school. And so I, I wanted to like dive into that. I was like crying on, on the air, airplane. <laughs> I, I like, yeah, I recently read actually Katie Couric's okay. memoir and I was like crying every other oh, really? chapter. It's incredible. So that's another, a really good read. Let's but check it out. Yeah, definitely. And on this point about reading, I was, you know, we were talking earlier and I was recently on vacation in Greece and I spent two weeks completely disconnected. And I think I read five books over the course of two weeks, which is more than I've read in like two years. Amazing. It's so great though. It is. It's so, it's, it's, it's my favorite. Yeah. Like I, 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 I was telling you this earlier, but I basically, I basically travel the entire year. So I have my virtual presence pretty much every day on Instagram where you can access me wherever. Um, but I do live events all over, whether it's, you, you know, all over Europe. I'm in Toronto now, New York, Hamptons, LA. Palm Beach. Um, but I travel with at least three or four books, like proper books. I don't do Kindles. Like I, I, I like to turn a page. And it almost gives me like a sense of home, like like in the um, whatever hotel room I'm I'm in, I sort of like set up my my books on my on my night nightstand and um, you know, have a little candle and a vodka rock. And <laughs> all the necessities. I, exactly. And I read every every day, even if it's just a little bit. But like, I don't know if it, it feels grounding to me. Absolutely. And I don't like, look. I don't want to, I, I don't like um, the look of someone just constantly on their technology. You know, it's not the most inspiring look in the world. So <laughs> I try to, <laughs> I judge myself. <laughs> Whenever I'm like, you're gross. Stop. Put the like, phone away. Put yeah. the Kindle away. Get Put back to the away. basics. <laughs> You're giving yourself like 80 chins. <laughs> not good for your neck. It certainly is not. What are some other practices that you do that you consider to be really grounding? Because obviously exercise, endorphins, we know the relationship is very strong. But mm -hmm. happiness, well-being comes from so many other practices. So well, I do torched every day. That's a thing. I... I'm not sponsored, so I'm not gonna say. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna say it. But I got this thing <laughs> that that uh, that that counts your your steps and checks your heart and like checks your. I'm obsessed. I, I I love like I love results and I love seeing like data. I love it so much. So I, but I, you know, I can get a little bit like obsessive about it, and so I try. I try to get at least at least fifteen thousand steps a day. I just feel better when I do. Um, and I try to get it like outside. Like I try to, you know, I'm usually in, in a new new city. So my my husband and I like like to just sort of like walk everywhere and like learn where where we are and the history of wherever we are. Um, I study Kabbalah. So um, like once a week, uh, I check in with my teacher or our ra rabbi. Um, that is extremely grounding for, for me. And um, I have a group text with my five best girlfriends who I've, some of them I've been best friends with since I was seven. And we're all on this group chat and it's, it is ground, grounding. It's, it's like, it's, it's reality for, for, for me. And it's, you know, sending memes or just, just like, you know, I have uh, one of our best friends lives in Hawaii, so we don't get to see her a lot. I see her like once every three years, but I, we're connected to her 
because she's we're on this group group chat. That's important to, to me. Um, and uh, Davis, I mean, he's he's the number one priority. My 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 little poodle. So he's he's extremely he's extremely spoiled, but he uh, um he is the light of my 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 life. So dogs bring so much unconditional love. How could he not be? Like he goes <laughs> everywhere with me. He just got his European passport. Oh, so is that possible for a dog? It, it certainly is, darling. <laughs> and he's coming. He's coming with me and Gwyneth Paltrow on the first Goop Goop cruise in the French and Italian R- Riviera. Oh so. my God! Pack me in your suitcase. <laughs> I got him in. I got him an Hermes scarf. Oh my God! I love well, that. My husband. Did. He certainly is spoiled. <laughs> what a lucky poodle. <laughs> he is. He's he's getting massaged now by Jeff Jeffrey. So <laughs> I love that. I I love that. I am also envious because I wish I had a dog. Never had one. They are. I, I I'll always have have one. I, I I had two poodles, Oliver Pickles and Ducky Waddles for fourteen years, and um, they were angel hearts. And I wish they were still with us. They have such fleeting lives, but um, glad. Um, fortunately, um, Davis knew Oliver for at least like two months, and so. They they looked like grandpa and grand grandson. It was very sweet. So I'm glad I have videos and photos of that. But an, another grounding practice that I do um, with Jeffrey, my husband, is actually we um, we read to each other at the end of the night as much as we can. Um, and I don't know. It's 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 like meditative um, almost and. Um, like we read like Virginia Woolf's The Waves, which I don't know if you've read it, but it's not it's not really it's it's really interesting. It was one of her more experimental novels, and so it's not linear. It's it's extremely poetic, and of course, Dream of Consciousness because all all of her stuff is. But this one in particular is, is a bit esoteric. But but it's kind of nice, like at the end of the night, you know, to not just be like talking about you know. Yeah, totally. Work or life or whatever, or being on your phone. I mean, I haven't even like thought about <laughs> as much as we love, love, love them. I, I like to just you know talk about something else. Yeah, it keeps things interesting. And I haven't even thought about like reading aloud a book or a piece of text probably since like a college writing class that I've taken. So it's kind of nice. I don't know. It totally it's, is. It, it, it's. I, I feel it. it connects us on a on a on a really deep level. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know. Aside from connection, what are some of the consistent like wellness practices that you do either in your morning routine or in your workout routine? Obviously, you do torched every day, but what are some non-negotiables for you, certain things that you like to do every day to keep your mind and your body and your spirit healthy? Hydration. In glass bottles only, no plastic. Guy O'Siri taught me that. Madonna's manager. We love Guy. Um, water, water, water. Hydration is everything. Keep that skin cute. Keep the body cute. Keep it hydrated. Non-negotiable. Um, 
green juice is very important to, to, to me. So thankfully the world is getting better with that. You, 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 it used to be just LA. Just the green juices, just the acai bowls. It was just Los, Los Angeles that like got it, you know, but now like even Paris ha- has it. So really happy about that. Um, and I'm real, I'm really big on my vitamins. I'm like, I'm like an 80 year old at a retirement home. I literally, I have a pill, like a pill organizer that I thought you like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, like the multivitamin, the magnesium, the, the bees, the fish oils, the, um, male, I don't know, stuff for guys, you know, who are over, over 40. I don't know. My, um, my doctor gives me all, all of these, um, amazing things, but, um, zinc, well, you look so youthful. It's working Listen, clearly. You take care you of yourself. Do some, some, something. You know, you know what I mean. Those are non-negotiables. Um, I'm very clean. I like cleanliness. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I, 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 I'm very neat and clean. So, like, I floss like 18 times a day, and 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 the mouthwash. Your dentist must love you, by the way. Your like, dentist must absolutely I give love you. Manicures every day. Like, I'm very like. I'm clean. Well, there's there's a feeling of happiness that comes with taking care of yourself. You know, I always feel better when, for example, like my bed is made, everything is organized and folded and put put away and the dishes are done and things are just spick and stack. Like that makes me have a peace of mind. So I totally relate to that. I wish I could give myself a manicure every day though. <laughs> you can. I can? You can. I've discovered this thing that I'm obsessed with and you're going to be obsessed with. This has nothing to do with anything except it gives me endorphins. So it, it has to do with, with this. I'm, do you see how excited I'm getting? Just think, thinking about this. I can't wait to see this now. Zittermers next to the Carlisle in New York. It's from Germany and it's the it's a protective nail and skin pen. Oh, but is it for like it your cuticles? A, look, look, yes, girl, but your entire nail. So it has this like little thing and you um, you like rub it on your cuticle and you sort of like pushes it back right and you like it cleans under your your nail and the other side is like that and then you like push the cuticle gently back oh my god <laughs> i'm obsessed like, with this look and look and then you like re-oil it and then it's just like beautiful and moisturized and um, pr- um promotes like the health of your nail as well Good luck. Okay. God bless. I'm ready to run to Zinnemers and get this. Yes. This this boosts my endorphins. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, what brings you endorphins? Obviously, there are a lot of things that are bringing you endorphins today. So if you had to choose something that really just sparks you up, lights you up every day, something that really brings you genuine happiness, what would that be? I mean- my skincare routine, it does. I just get really happy. I love Biologique. I do my like oxygen masks, my whole thing. The Dr. Dennis Gross, the LED masks, makes me very happy. I like the smells of it. I like I like dousing myself in like Santa Maria Novella perfume. I love. I love like it's my so mom's good, favorite. Right? It's so great. The the best. It's just it's like. Again, it, but you know, it was it was created in the 16th century, so it's it's like there's something um, sacred about it too. There's something really deep and not artificial about it, which I I love. Um, what else gives me endorphins? Um, 
I I feel like I dance every every day, like and not in, in in a conventional way, but just like around the the apartment if I'm like getting ready or whatever. I need music all always. So and I, and I I of course I love my my staples, you you you, you know the the Madonna songs that I've been listening to for forty years, but. Um, but like, you know, just discovering new, new artists and new, new grooves. And, you know, we, we were just in, in France for a long time and I discovered this new artist called Clara Luciani, who's amazing, like so dope and so, so, so great. And that makes me really ha happy. Um, you know, and I also love doing like spontaneous things like, um, you know, meeting up with with friends randomly that I haven't spoken to in years just just like reach, reaching out and like making it hap happen or um you know going on a on a boat ride at mid midnight on the, the the Seine which with our Parisian friends who have lived there their entire lives and have never done it ever and we were the only boat on on there at mid midnight it was just like so amazing so special um yeah, just doing things like 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 that. I think that's having a, having a sense of wonder. And then on the flip side, having moments like having moments where you know you just like you take real time for your, yourself and and watch you know sort of you know binge watch a new net Netflix show and 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 you know do a mask and and stay off your phone. You know, I think those that's it's restorative. Um, that's what we Jeffrey and I did yet yesterday. Actually, actually, I we I took the day. I took the day, which I rarely do, where I didn't train anyone. Where I did, I didn't go on 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 online, and we just watched. We just watched um, this new series on net Netflix called called Echoes, which is really really great. Thank you, Matt Matt Bomer, and. Uh, it was great, you know. It was it was it was special to take those sort of like de decompressing mo moments. Absolutely, it's really I think about those little things that bring you those pockets of joy and happiness. And it can look like so many different things, and it can be something that's consistent every day, or it can also change for you. So I loved that laundry list of all these things that bring you endorphins because it's important too to your to your point about gratitude. That's happiness. You have to remind yourself of what you're grateful for and of all the good things that happen in life because they tend to outweigh the, the negative things even though our minds hyperfixate on the negative stuff. So I love that. And now my listeners have a million other things they can try that will bring them endorphins. Flowers too. This may sound silly, but Jeffrey knows that I love I love white roses. I love white roses. I love gard gardenias. I'm very specific about the type of flowers I like, but... <laughs> So whichever hotel we're we're in, he. I think you have them I in the back. Wherever I am, <laughs> and so he always make makes make sure that that there's there's you know, flowers around. Those little things, I think, like subliminally, even bring a sense of a sense of um, joy, a, a sense of happiness, a sense of security. You know, and I think may, maybe having a childhood where I never felt secure um, was actually, it, 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 it's, it gave me the impetus, impetus to make sure that I do now. Yeah. You know? And 
And that's a really beautiful way to take the struggles in your life growing up and turn it into something that's better for you now. Yes. Listen, without struggles, Dynasty wouldn't have been a hit show. <laughs> we need it. And and we need humor, too, to make life a little bit better. Do you want your story to be a hit or a snooze? I want a hit. So <laughs> thanks, Mom, for being awful. <laughs> and with that, where can my listeners find you, Isaac? Where can they follow you and your content and stay up to date with all things Isaac Boots? Go to my Instagram at Isaac Boots. Um, and isaacboots.com for information on my live Torched events. Amazing. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure having you as a guest. This is so much fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. And remember to like, rate, and review this podcast on whichever listening platform you prefer. Don't forget to keep spreading endorphins. And find things that bring you endorphins every day. See you next time.